What is going on, everyone? I am Isaac Edelman, and today I am here with Peter Pratt, one of the best Marlins fans you can find. He's from the UK. He's not even from Miami, but he is as loyal as you can get in terms of being a Marlins fan. Peter, how are you doing today? Isaac, I'm doing well. I'm doing great. Looking forward to this Cardinal series. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure and honor to join you. So yeah, really appreciate it. Looking forward to talking some some ball and uh, yeah, you know, it should be a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. Now, I, I guess the best way to start is just talking about you and your Marlins fandom. You, as I just said, are not from Miami, nowhere close. You are based in the UK. So how did your Marlins fandom come about? It started with a trip to Miami. So it did start in Miami. And uh, so I've actually been to the ballpark. So, you know, I've ticked that off, went to a game. We were over there in, uh, you know, just having a family holiday. And I said, listen, I want to go and watch a ball game. It was a rainy Tuesday, um, thunder and lightning going on. I said, no, no, we're still going. We're still going. We got the train and um, got into got into Miami. And uh, yeah, we, we just kind of sat there. I just didn't know what was happening. I didn't know any of the players. I just sat there and enjoyed it for what it was. But Stanton hit a massive home run in about the third inning. And I was like, that's it. I'm all in. I'm all in at this moment. And that was that was the start of it. And, you know, listen, it's hard to find baseball on the screens, on the TV in the UK. Like, it's really hidden away. You have to really look really hard to find it. So then I realized they had this app, this, you know, MLB TV app. And I was like, wow, I can I can watch all the games on, on this app. So I was like, yep, let's. Let's do it. So got myself a subscription and that was it. Started following the Marlins there and then, you know, Derek Dietrich was there and yeah. Jose Fernandez, Stanton, Yelich, Bohr, everyone was there. All the old, all the old crew. Pitching wasn't looking that hot, but you know, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. That, that old Marlins team. I, I, <laughs> I remember one of my favorite moments was before a game, I went on the field and I got to meet Stanton. And he actually gave me an autograph ball. He came out, took it out of his pocket, and it was just, I was just flabbergasted. So, for you, what is your favorite Marlins moment? Is it going to that game or is it something else? That it, It's hard for it to be that game because I, I didn't have the, the nervous energy of a fan when you go to a game. Like, I, I didn't know what I was watching. I didn't know Jose Fernand, who he was, but he was pitching. How lucky was it? The only game I went to was a Jose start and a Stanton home run. So my, yeah, that's tough. What, my, do you know what my favorite game, I think, probably ever, was the COVID outbreak Sunday against the Phillies when Jose Arrhenia was supposed to start. He didn't. They lost half of the other, you know, the, the position players. All hell was breaking loose. What's going on? And the Marlins just came out there and put on a show yeah. that day. Absolutely lit it up. And that just springboarded the Marlins for that 2020 season. There were some real great moments in that year. The 2020 year, I know it was a shortened year, but because of the 60 games, it was so heightened, wasn't it? You know, it was every game was like a series. One game was like a three-game you know, series. So it just made everything so important. And the way the Marlins dealt with adversity, they got rolling. So that really sticks out for me, that game for sure. Obviously, you know, winning a playoff series in Chicago too stands out. Obviously, sealing their playoff as well um, with that you know big performance out in Yankee Stadium. But I think for me, the amount of adversity they faced at that Phillies game—they went down early too. They were getting hammered, and then all of a sudden the bats came alive, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. 
speaking of that COVID year, you got to have some media sessions. I'm obviously an aspiring sports broadcaster, so I just love that you got the chance to speak to Don Mattingly and some Marlins players during that year. Just describe that, right? Because you are nowhere close to the Marlins, yet you get to go over Zoom, speak to the players, ask them whatever you want. Isaac, it was a, it was a total honor to be involved in that and something that, you know, we're now back to normal times, more normal times anyway, in 22 and the Zoom room was gone. And but at the time I realized what was happening because I that you know the, the usual media guys were posting things. And I was like, I wonder if they'll let me join. And I'd made some connections because I had Miguel Rojas on the pod. So I'd kind of made some connections through that. And just I went out and asked. I said, listen, guys, this is a once-in-a-lifetime situation for me to be able to cover the team within the media. Um, you know, from the UK. I won't I wouldn't ever be able to do this before. And they um they gave me uh, the access, which was great. The first thing I did was message Craig Mish. I said, Craig, what's what's going on here? What's going to happen? He was like, Pete, don't worry. Just put your hand up. They'll probably come to you, you know, later on. And that's the way it worked. They'd go US, um, US media first. And then it would be international, which was me. I think I was the only international guy. So <laughs> I had my own, uh, my own segment where it was international and I'd be at the back end. But it was... Truly an honor, and it was fantastic. And it was great to just start to get to know the guys and Donnie too. Like Donnie was obviously on every day. Yeah. What what a man. I just absolutely love everything about Don Manningly, for sure. <clears throat> the players too were absolutely great with the media. In tough times like COVID, the COVID situation in 2020, no fans. You know, it was it was tough for them too. I'm sure of that. And uh, but it was a dream come true, to be honest with you. And I, I really enjoyed it. And I'm really missing it too right now. Yeah, I think that's one of the positive things of COVID, right? Mm -hmm. Without COVID, I don't think you would have been able to speak to some of the Marlins players no, post-game. No way. No way. Exactly. It was, it was truly the situation created that, that opportunity. And like I said, I was thankful to the Marlins and all of the other media guys in there, Craig, I've mentioned, but there's tons of them that were really great to me, helped me, gave me you know, uh, their time as well after. So, you know, I can't speak highly enough of the Marlin Zoom room. It was it was a lot of fun. And clearly the season itself was a lot of fun too, which made all the difference too. Sitting there asking, I remember asking Brandon Kinsler after uh, they, they'd they uh, won the wildcard series in, in Chicago. And I, you know, there's me asking Brandon Kinsler straight post game after, probably it's on Bally Sports, um, sure. you know, live, you know, hey, Kins, Braves next up. What are you thinking? And he just kind of goes off and it was just a real nice soundbite. And it's, you know, it was, it was crazy and I do miss it. And part of me thinks me thinks I better get relocated to Miami quick. <laughs> Is that a possibility? Do you have any upcoming future visits maybe to Lone Depot Park? Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a permanent situation, but I'm absolutely like, I'm keeping my eyes on it, trying to see can I find a window? Can I find a way to get there this year? And I, I think if the Marlins particularly are in it in the second half, maybe I'll convince my wife to say, listen, let's go and, you know, when the summer holidays kick in for the school, for my kids, say, listen, let's go and have a trip. I'll sell them Orlando. I'll say, we'll do Disney, <laughs> but we also need to find a time for a, a series or two with the fish. So watch this space on that one. It's possible. I, I hope it's possible. I'd I love to see you come down to Miami and you yeah. get to obviously meet all the Marlins fans that love you and the Marlins media members because you guys are connected through Twitter. So, you know, well, you're crazy, right? 
Yeah, you're obviously one of those must follows on Marlon's Twitter. Is that your priority way of staying connected? I absolutely love Twitter. I'm addicted to it. I am really addicted to Twitter. My wife would say the same. Twitter as an app is just sensational for sports, for following sports. It's truly sensational. I don't know what else you use Twitter for other than sports, to be honest with you. Um, but I I love it. And I've met so many people on Twitter that I, I feel like I've, I'm friends with. I feel like I've met them. And I haven't. Some of them I've never even spoken to or have not, never podcasted with. And it is. It's a truly wonderful app for sure. And I get people DMing me all the time. Hey, Pete, you know, love what you're doing. You know, keep in touch if you're ever in Miami or other people saying, hey, if you're ever in San Fran, reach out. Or if you're ever in St. Louis, anything like, yeah, it's my main outlet for sure. And it's, you know, the way about you know, getting the podcast out there. And as you know, I do a load of those, you know, post-game rundowns the day after the kind of 120-second rundowns, which people seem to like. And there's a lot of fun doing as well. So, yeah, Twitter for me. No TikToks, no Instagrams. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're, you're awesome on Twitter. You make some amazing tweets. And, and obviously, the, the best thing you do is stay positive about the Marlins through their highs and lows. Now, this season, we've seen those highs and lows, right? The Marlins, as we are recording this now, sit at four and five. It's evident already that the Marlins have an improved offense. And of course, their pitching has stayed the same. Alcantara, Rogers, Lopez, everyone is just swinging along in this tough NL East division. What are your expectations for the Marlins? And let's talk about their future because you, you know, I think if you come down in five years from now, you could see a World Series. I don't know about this year, but in five years, maybe that's when you could start coming down to Miami. Isaac, I'm with you. Let's start on that. Uh, the window for these fish is is opening it's in reality, the window is open right now. It's it's just peering open because the pitching is there. The pitching is there to make a run. If they can get the offense rolling, well, how far can this team go? Who who knows? Absolutely. So and it's sustainable. The pitching's young. It's great. If it stays healthy, this window is going to be open for years. And as we know, I mean, listen, as we record today, perfect situation. Ronald Acuna making his. First rehab start. Who's he facing? Max, Max Meyer. It's, Max it's Meyer, just scripted, exactly. right? <laughs> Max has sat down there. Ida's, you know, recovering and will be back. Eddie Cabrera too. There's just so many arms. So much to be excited about for the Marlins just in the longer term. Right now, I'm. it's crazy that they've only played nine games. It feels to me like we've had a whole season's worth. We've had. It feels like we've had 60 because yeah. of the range of emotions we've had early on. You know, the jazz being left out situation that just spiraled, the offense being cold, Bender getting blown up in the ninth, then coming back and getting the save. And it's just, there's so much that's been condensed into nine games. But in summary, you, you won't be shocked that I say this, Isaac, but in summary, I'm optimistic about this team this year. <laughs> I really yeah. am. I, I, I think Kim, it's sneaky. She's done a sneaky good job. And all of a sudden you're like, hold on a minute. Joey Wendell, he's a stud. And you're like, wow, that went under the radar. Jesus Sanchez, you're like, hold on a minute. He actually looks like a center fielder and he's hitting like a stud. Kim, what a genius. And the bullpen, listen, I was the only problem I, that I thought, I was looking at thinking this bullpen, it, it looks like there's problems. Flora was going down injured too. I'm, I'm so glad that Kim made that move to get those two Orioles dudes in who have looked nice too. It still wouldn't shock me if the Marlins add to it later in the year too. It really wouldn't. If they're in the mix, 
Um, it, you know, another arm or two added to the mix. I could certainly see, and who knows, maybe another bad. I mean, this is the main difference for the fish this year. The depth is different. It feels different. It's a deeper roster and anything can happen in the NL East. I'm sure of that. Exactly. And I think that's what the Marlins did during their COVID season, right? At the trade deadline, they got Marte. I think if the Marlins are contending, they're going to do something big yeah. during the trade deadline this year. But one thing about the Marlins this year is when you see De La Cruz and Anderson coming off the bench, that's just a good sign, right? Because they, you just got guys to hit. Like you've exactly. got the, the bench before you'd have rolling out, you know, Max Sierra, that's effectively, a, a, you know, a defensive replacement. And he'd be coming out in big spots. Now you've got De La Cruz. A, he's a defensive replacement. B, he can hit. And actually, he's one of the better hitters in the team. Yeah. This is the fundamental difference. And B.A. is coming off the bench. I know B.A. started a lot more recently, which is good, and he's kind of coming around. But, you know, someone's on the bench, if it's Wendell, Miggy, B.A., yeah. on, on any given day. Those are the guys you're leaning on. And it's so different to what it's been historically, where one to nine, I like the roster last year. I like Duval. I like Marte. Um, but the bench was too weak, and that was the problem. As soon as the injuries hit, it was game over for the fish. Yeah. Well, as we know, the Marlins will be hoping to compete, right? Maybe they won't be competing, but obviously they're they're going all in, and it's evident with what Kim's doing mm-hmm. and the offseason moves. But like you said, we have to remain optimistic, and it's not that we have to. We should remain optimistic because – this is a team that is a force to be reckoned with. Um, Peter, I, I do have something else to ask you. You are obviously now a Marlins fan, but what else do you love about being in the UK? Do you feel more respected because you are an unusual MLB fan, right? Because the UK is not the home of baseball. It definitely isn't. The, the funny thing is you've got this cluster of fans that are like me. Shocking, I know. But what you've got is some really passionate baseball fans that know the game inside out and they follow their teams um, just as closely as I do. And some of them are just as optimistic. Some of them on the flip side are equally as negative as I am optimistic about their teams. But you've got this like small pool of a couple, you know, I don't know, a couple of hundred people. And, you know, it's a, I don't know, there's a population of 70 million in, in the UK. And, you know, you've got a couple of hundred people that are massive baseball fanatics and it's great getting together with them guys, you know, just coming together and just shared love of baseball is a lot of fun. But honestly, it's hard because, as you know, baseball is my passion and I want to talk to everyone about it. And I, no one understands what I'm on about. <laughs> They've never heard of the Miami Marlins. My dad was over for Easter weekend. He's never watched a baseball game before. He I, sat I, down. Saw your, I saw your yeah. tweet. It was funny. <laughs> he sat down with me. He was loving it. He was, But he was going to me, Pete, these Miami Merlins, they're pretty good, aren't they? <laughs> Who are the Miami Merlins? Um, you know, and that kind of sums it up. He sat there, enjoyed it for what it was. The thing is with baseball, if you, it's easy to get people into it because it's quite a simple sport on the, uh, a high level. It's quite a simple sport, you know, where I try to talk to other friends and family about the NFL. And I think the NFL is really complicated to try to describe about what's happening. In baseball, it is relatively simple, um, a, a high level. And so they kind of get it. And so people can get into it fast. And um, 
The thing is, is they obviously had the London series too, right? Where they had the Yankees and Red Sox in the UK. They've committed to three more series in the next four years in London. And so this is like the NFL, the way they blueprinted it in, in the UK, just keep coming year after year. And in now in the NFL in the UK is massive. Everyone follows the NFL now in the UK. And for me, that's the, what you've got to do. You've got to get it here and it will grow. Bring good teams. And what I'm saying by that is bring the fish over to London and let's have a party. I, I would love that. And obviously the main reason is so you can get to see them without having to travel that far. For but, sure. Hey, the Marlins will get exposure to other fans in the UK, which would be good. People that don't have a favorite team, maybe there would be Marlins fans just like you. Yeah. This is something I'm interested in hearing. The time change. How do you deal with it? Because obviously a lot of baseball games are at night. And for you, mm. that's like two in the morning, right? It's tough. This is the hardest thing about being a baseball fan in the UK. The time difference is tough. Obviously, we're five hours ahead. So tonight, tonight's game starts uh, UK time at 20 to 12, 20 to midnight, um, which isn't conducive to working the next day or being up with your kids or doing whatever you've got to do. So the way I generally uh, watch baseball in the UK is if it's a late game, maybe like tonight's, um, I'll just shut off social media fully. And then the next day, I'll watch the full game without any spoilers because I, I can't watch baseball in full if I know what's happened. It's just a waste of time. So I go fully dark and then I'll watch it in full like you guys would do live without Twitter. <laughs> and then I'll just enjoy it for what it is. I guess the one benefit is I can kind of skip on if, um, you know, miss the adverts and all that kind of stuff. So I can speed through a little bit quicker, but it's really tough to watch it because one of the things I enjoy most about baseball and watching it is being on Twitter at the same time too, because it's a lot exactly. of fun. Everyone's on there. It's so much fun. I mean, you got takes were made throwing out there all sorts and all the, all the guys. And it's just Twitter adds to it because it's like being sat there watching the game with your friends and having a bit of fun with them and having a bit of fun with the other fans, you know, Braves Twitter clearly, you know, it can be a little bit spicy, let's say. So we'll see that on the weekend, but yeah, that's the way I have to do it. Unfortunately, Isaac, I prefer, I want to watch, cause I want to watch the games. I want to see it all. And they don't really do any good highlight packages, like three minutes, like a condensed game into three minutes. Yeah. Surely there's a way where they could do like a 20 minute condensed game, get more of the action in, but they don't. So I basically go radio silence on the on the social media front, watch it the next morning, and then fire Twitter up and just, you know, enjoy what happened on Twitter, I guess. I love that. Some some things about Marlins baseball just stick out. You can't miss a Seuss Aguilar fooling around in the dugout. Highlights won't show you that. You can't miss any, you know, cool Paul Severino interviews or anything like that. I mean, you need to watch these full Marlins games. There's always something going on, even if it's a one nothing ball game. And I just love that you, you know, these days, especially for a team like me, shutting off social media is so hard. But yeah, for you to be it, able to do tough. that, it's tough. It, amazing. <laughs> yeah, it really is. But you, you do, you miss out. I, I got to hold my hands up though. The Trevor Rogers start on the weekend, I started watching it live and I was like, okay, Trevor's blown up here. Um, what was it? Eight nil early, nine nil, whatever it was. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go to sleep. And the next morning I thought, right. I don't care. I'm just going to look at the score because I think this one's gone sideways. I mean, it would have been crazy. I would have been disappointed if I'd have woken up and gone, hey, Marlins, come back and win 10-8. And I'd have missed all that. But yeah, I woke up and realized it didn't get any better. And I was like, okay, cool. I've saved two hours um, of pain. 
which is which was useful. Well, at least the Marlins took three out of four from the Phillies, and hopefully they'll do good against the Cardinals and really the rest of the teams the rest of the way. Peter, I appreciate it so much for you coming on today. Obviously, keep watching the Marlins games. Don't lose too much sleep. And, of course, go fish. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on, Isaac. It's been a lot of fun. My pleasure. And you keep going as well. Absolutely love following what you're getting up to. Keep these podcasts coming. I appreciate that. Thanks so much, Peter.